You're listening to Live and Direct with Hannah and it's International Women's Day and I'm here with business owner, podcast creator, all around mega babe, Isabel. Hi. How are you, Isabel? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Good. So it's International Women's Day today and I just wanted to chat to you because I've been seeing your content on my feed and I just think you're a business owner too. You have a lot to share. You're a woman. It's International Women's Day. Um, so I just wanted to start with your journey and how you started and how you went about creating your business. Um, so I started Image Gang. It'll be five years. It'll be five years this July since wow. I started Image Gang. Yeah. Um, I started when I was 27 and I was working a nine to five. I was working in like a very kind of corporate it was logistics uh very male dominated like i think there were three women hella misogyny hella inappropriate comments hella low-key racism and i was kind of in this job things hadn't been going very well for me like in my mid-20s and i'd kind of got this job just as a kind of like a filler job yeah a fill. i didn't to be honest i didn't know what it was filling. i didn't know what i wanted to do i didn't know where i was heading but i needed money in it so i got this job but while I was there, um, I kind of, I was good. I was good at what I was doing. I was doing marketing and I was good. And it kind of was restoring a lot of the confidence that I'd lost from things that happened. And I was kind of like, you know, this wage that they're telling me that is what I'm worth isn't cutting it for me. Like mm. I've always been living beyond my means. And it just got to a point where I was like, how can you tell me what my talent and what my skills are worth? So I decided that I wanted to start a business. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't really care what I did. I, I didn't really have the confidence to be, because you know, when you start off, if I was to do clothing, I was gonna have to model it myself and being plus size. I was like, I haven't really got the confidence to do that at the age that I was at. And also I couldn't really afford to be going up to the site to even my own size. Cause it's like, if you do clothing, you've got to start at an eight. And for me to be fitting out, I'd have to go up to an 18. And it's like, I didn't have enough money to, to invest in a full size run like that couldn't then be selling clothes that I couldn't even wear myself. So I was like, well, the other like, option was accessories. And I'd always loved jewelry, obviously, like growing up and like the jewelry that I sell now is very like heavily influenced by the jewelry that I wore then. So yeah, jewelry made sense logistically, physically. There wasn't a huge investment. I started with like 200 pounds. Whoa. Um, I sold like some bags and shit that I had and then started, yeah, just built a website. I've like, I faked it. I made out like I'd, it was like an official collaboration between Image Gang and Playboy because I'd bought some Playboy dead stock off of eBay. Oh. So I like, I right click, copied, like right click saved off Google some Playboy images, put my logo on it, made it seem like it was an official collaboration. This is going to probably get me arrested. <laughs> but you've got to fake it till you make it. You do. And then, uh, yeah, launched the website. And I was, I bought these necklaces. I thought I bought them for £2.50 each, selling them for £15. Um, and then eventually once I got some money in, I, then I started being able to afford to do my own designs. And then, yeah. The That's crazy. Here we are. It is like believing in, because like social media and websites and everything, it's all about perception, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So no one like knew what on was that. going on. And I think people even now, like people would think it's probably a lot bigger than it is. Like, it's me still. I have one person that works for me. Um, but, you know, when you see something, a brand on the gra in Selfridges or you see them on ASOS, you assume it's this big thing. And actually, it's not, um, which is, is good and a bad thing because it's like people then, I think the expectation of you is high because they think this brand is like this big brand and it's known all over the world. But actually, it's just you. But at the same time, being just you is a good thing because it means that you're 
you're still kind of free to do what you want. Yeah, your podcast is hilarious. And you talk about how having a business is not really what it's cracked up to be. But do you ever have like a pinch me moment? Like I actually did this. I am so I've like funded my own life and I don't need to be paid by like the man or whatever. Like I am. I think no, not to be honest. It is you don't because you're just so in it. Yeah. Like even at Selfridges, I think obviously there were moments where it would be like, oh my god, like I'm I'm gonna be in Selfridges. Like that's insane, and that's kind of like more than I ever dreamed of for Image Gang. But I think we've. I think a lot of women who are in business especially in, that, in in the last kind of few years have got into it, especially in this kind of social media age, we have been, we've been tricked. We've been tricked yeah. by girl, hashtag girl boss. And it's, it's difficult. It's really difficult. And, you know, I, sometimes I don't want to have to wake up and make all the decisions and I don't want to come and talk about, you know, how inspiring other people find me or things like, cause actually I'm struggling. Yeah. And it's, but you can't, you kind of, it's you kind can't of struggle. You can't, you're not allowed to, you're no. not allowed to talk about that because you're the living embodiment of success. And like people, they say, people will say that they look to you for inspiration, but it's actually like, if you knew really what was going on, it's not for the faint hearted at all. Like <laughs> it's hard. Cause you have like no days off. No, I haven't had a day off in five years. Yeah, and you don't all. have a paid holiday. You don't have... No, and I, if I worked out what I paid myself, I'm paying myself less than minimum wage, really. Yeah. For the hours that I put into it, yeah. I'm earning less than anyone. But, you know, on the flip side of that, I don't answer to anyone. I can go where I want. I can do what I want. I make all the decisions. But that's not for everyone, you know? Yeah. And, and it's not every day that you want to be living that lifestyle. Sometimes, yeah, you want someone to come in and tell you what to do or you want someone to take the burden off. But... You know, I wouldn't change it for the world, but you've just got to be realistic to what it is. Because, you know, you've got Molly May doing... I know, Molly May. Did you see that catwalk that she did? Yeah, but also I was just thinking as well, like seeing Twitter and she is not the owner of PLT. Like, people, of not. people are coming for the wrong person though. The owner of PLT, he's never like crucified. He's a knob. He is a knob too. But yeah, he's a big knob. Molly May's also like problematic as fuck in She's her problematic as fuck. She's representing an t- awful business, a terrible, terrible, terrible business. business. And she is, you know, she's she's perpetuating this this idea of what a girl boss is she signed a one-year contract to be the face of plt she's not you know no one's coming to her asking about the bottom line about well how much profit we're making yeah where's the tax getting paid from she's not dealing with the vat she's not dealing with the corporation tax she's not dealing with customer complaints she's not dealing with employees which is what actually is what a business is what my that's what the rollup is that's not what molly may's doing yeah also create a director like no she's just a puppet for plt right now yeah that's interesting because i feel like girl boss is we're seeing like the negative sides of like girl boss and it's actually not this like beautiful picture that is painted to be on social media by people like molly may the thing is as well what i find is that what happens with this whole girl boss thing is we're being encouraged to ultimately operate in a male space and 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 operate in our masculinity yeah and in doing that we step into these spaces and they're not made for us no these spaces are not made for women they're boys club yeah and we're being pushed into them and like come in come in Mm. like it's it's not it's not safe no it's it's not made for us and you're gonna be taken advantage of Mm -hmm. you're gonna be sexualized you're gonna be um, made to feel like you're not meant to be there you don't know what you're doing Yeah. yeah you're made to feel stupid because we're drawn we've been drawn into these spaces that actually they're still not ready for us and they're not made for us because they're ultimately they've you been know, controlled the, by men they're, yeah they're male, they're male spaces and it's like an until we can create until there's been enough time has passed that actually 
these spaces have been made by women for women yeah and until then you're gonna be you're gonna struggle yeah it's hard out here man it's hard out here for like women trying to be progressive and trying to like mm. infiltrate these spaces we're just re we're redecorating an old building basically exactly. that's what it is and, and it's like what we need tokens. to do is tear it down yeah and rebuild it yeah that's we, what needs we're to happen. tokens in a way we're just like we represent a new part of society that people want to be represented by but we it's not tailored for us no. it's tailored for the man which sucks like yeah like this t these tiktoks i always see that like this is how men email like women when they email they always want to be like i can't come across as like yeah aggie or like a i bitch. did a post I, I did the, like the feminine urge to put a smiley face after you've or, slightly assert yourself or on an email mark, yeah or like sorry or like when it's not your fault like mm. why are you projecting yeah um but yeah it's hard and i work in a male dominated industry and every day i see how like me and my counterparts are treated it's fucked up it's it's still a long way to go yeah a long way to go definitely and i think it's it's you know and it's not it's not me moaning i'm no. not moaning but it's it's being real and acknowledging that we're not there yet yeah we're really really not there yet and there's no point pretending that we are because i don't want any other young women going into this with the naivety that i did of thinking oh well if i'm my own boss then like no i can't i don't have to answer to anyone but yeah. you do you always have to answer to someone ultimately and you know whether it's a supplier or another like a customer like a wholesale customer that you might get ultimately you're answering to other people and at the hands of them and without the experience or the dick between your legs unfortunately mm. you're gonna come across problems yeah not to be like a male hater right now but what is it if they feel threatened by us or like i don't know it's just like things because they want to fuck us they want to fuck us and I we don't want to fuck them and they're like the fuck thing I is, when you walk into a room of men at least one of them's probably thinking they want to bang you <laughs> and that's going to be then clouding their judgment when you're there to, you're not there to bang no you're I'm there, there to, to work yeah i'm here to work but one of you probably wants to have sex with me <laughs> and like that's probably going to get that's at some point going to cause a problem because I don't want to have sex with you. And that's yeah, cool. I don't want to have sex with you. Like so many guys were like being my DMs, being like, "Oh, I want to ring." I'm like, "No, you don't. You don't <laughs> want to ring, do you?" And you go along with it because it's like, well, maybe I'm going to get some money out of them. But then you, but as, but you know, and there's, you know, and as women, we, I think, the chances of that changing and men wanting to have, to have sex with women isn't going anywhere. So you know, operate within from that from a place of control and be like, use it to your advantage as long as you're safe. Take advantage of the fact that men like yeah. are powerless to you. If you, you know, like use your sexuality, use your beauty, use your intelligence to outsmart these men and play yeah. them at their own fucking game. Yeah. Because there's, there's not going to change at the end of the day. And it's like, if I have to go into a meeting knowing that I'm probably going to get a better outcome because I've got my tits out, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I don't care what anyone thinks about that. I'm going to play the game. You're just using your resources. Exactly. Use what's in the room. Yeah. Use, what's, use what's in your bra. <laughs> <laughs> use it take take power yeah take, take back control man yeah. but yeah definitely yeah um one thing you talk about in your podcast as well is the trauma that mixed race people face and you just the way you put it is really funny when i was listening to it it really sparked a nerve because i'm half french half indian i was born in france i moved to the uk when i was seven my parents divorced my mom i live with my mom and she's indian but i remember at school just like i went to like a girl school that was predominantly like muslim girls and like girls whose parents didn't want to mix with boys basically and i'd always like say people would ask me like where are you from and i'd always say like oh i'm french and indian but i'm more french because being indian was like not cool like if you sang a curry was not cool like it was a whole stereotypical thing my grandma used to make samosas i used to go to her house every day after school she'd make samosas make fried freely to stink out my uniform and i used to shout at her and be like you're stinking out my uniform like i've got to go home and put it outside like wash it and now i'm like fuck my grandma was the most 
like amazing person in the world. Like, why did I ever reject yeah. her? Why did I reject part of me? Because now I'm like, I'm French and, and Indian. That's fucking cool. And I'm half, I'm equally half both those like heritages and I respect them both. And I lived in France, yeah. But it just like, yeah, it just growing up and being mixed and being like who, which part defines me the most and who do I relate to the most? And like my parents divorced, so it was quite easy for me to choose the side. The experience of a mixed race person is never really that explained that well and it's so different for no it's not and i think it's i think the thing is you know when you're saying about which side you lean into i don't i don't think that you have to choose at any time and no. it's, it's like you know the, one of the privileges of being mixed which, and i i truly believe that being mixed i mean i think being of any ethnicity is a privilege um it like makes, what, just what makes being you able to you. just being able to you know experience two cultures in one lifetime i think that's an amazing thing and i know it's not something that everyone gets to do so i really i value that but i think at any time it's you get to choose and that's your prerogative you know as a mixed race person i can choose to lean into my african side i can choose to be senegalese when i want to be and i can choose to be white when i want to, not white obviously but my more my british side yeah and i think that there shouldn't have to be any rules to that. And I think as long as you acknowledge the privilege of that and that, you know, unfortunately society does seem to deem people of lighter tones, so usually mixed people yeah. to be, you know, we get, we have more favorability in terms of beauty standards and things like that. And recognizing that, I don't think that there's a problem with, with then, then discussing the, the mixed race experience because it's not to, I recognize that there are women who are more, uh, subjugated to beauty standards than I am. Yeah. I recognize that. And then you know, the intersectionality of being light skin, being plus size, but being of a plus size that is, again, I can still shop in mainstream shops. So I recognize all of that. But at the same time, there is, it is an experience and it does need to be spoken about. Um, and I think, yeah, growing up, like I was moved to an all white school at uh, 14. In London or outside of London? Outside of London in mm. Essex. It was hell. That sounds like hell. It was hell. And I was really lucky that I never experienced, no one ever, you know, no one overtly racially abused me ever, but it was just more for my own self-identity. Boys never fancied me. Yeah. That was the more, that was more of the thing. Cause it wasn't cool. Black wasn't attractive. Like Rihanna was just coming up when I was at school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like she was the first kind of, you know, we had Destiny's Child. Obviously we have more, but I'm talking about in Essex, like who was on the front cover of Smash Hits magazine, basically, you know, we had, destiny's child sometimes but it was like rihanna remember rihanna was just coming up and it was that, that boys were like oh like black girls are kind of bang but white boys never thought that before because they'd never seen them yeah like the only black person they seen was that that black woman that used to do the news maura stewart like i think that was the only black woman they'd ever really seen before and it was like it wasn't a, a daily thing so for me growing up i was never had any attention from boys i was always like the friend um and that's cool because now i have an amazing like i have an amazing relationship like lots of male friends but there is a trauma from that, you know, because yeah. we're all beautiful and not recognizing that until later in life is a waste almost because you should know, like you should know that from day, like we're all beautiful and especially as women, we need to be reminded of that. And I think it's traumatic. <laughs> it's definitely different. And I would, I would never do that to my child. I would, and you know, I wasn't, it wasn't through choice that it happened. There were things that happened in my life that meant I had to, I had to be there, but, um, it's um it's also that thing as well it's like you're not you're not black enough sometimes or whatever you're you know you're you are seen as half and i know that's because i don't use the term half cast anymore because of that but especially men i have a lot of men being like there's nothing black about you 
And I'm like, whoa. Is that black men or? Black men black will tell men. that to me. Yeah, there's nothing black about you. And it's like, you know, I always go, if when the war comes, <laughs> they're, not gonna, they're not gonna want me on their side. So I'm with you a lot. So it's like that kind of dissonance of not knowing where you really fit. But I think understanding that mixed race in itself is its own thing. You're not, yeah. you're not black, you're not white, you're mixed. And you're recognizing mixed. being mixed as an identity in itself, whatever your mix is, is something that I think more people need to do and not this whole half and half thing. Like you're just a whole whole of something, but it's just something different. Yeah, and having to pick a side or yeah, like fuck that. justify one over the other. I feel like even my mom looks at me and she's just like, she doesn't see herself as an immigrant, but I'm like, I'm an immigrant, you're an immigrant, we're immigrants. Like, that's okay. We don't belong here, but that's cool. Yeah, like, that's fine. But I think it's also like- <laughs> I don't want to be from here. <laughs> <laughs> this depressing cold island. Yeah, but can you imagine not having somewhere to go back to? No, true, exactly. Somewhere you call home. Exactly, like I can just jump on a plane and go and see my dad whenever I want. Like how lucky am I? Like yeah. I've got a yard on the beach. <laughs> and we've all, or we've got a grandparent. Or we've, got, we've all, when you're from not from this country, you've got somewhere. Even if it's not a hot country, you've got somewhere else that you can call home. And that, when people on this planet don't even have one place to call home, yeah, it's a huge privilege to be able to call two places home. So I think, you know, we're lucky in that respect. We are lucky. I'm so lucky that I live. We live in a time where there's so many mixed race people. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was there was none. There was none. Yeah. Go to America though. People that you like, people don't know how to place you because they don't have like everyone thinks that you're Hispanic. Yeah. Because if you're like a light brown color then they don't have, because they, they don't mix there. It's like, it's a bit mad. Yeah, also African-American people are still trying to like, I guess like understand and accept their heritage in a way. Well, I just, I mean that, but I think it's just more that it, America's very segregated. Like in the, in the UK, you have a lot of mixed children now, which yeah. is an amazing thing. But in America, it's, and I don't know, for, maybe for other countries as well, but I just know America, there is not a lot of like mixing America still. Yeah, America's pretty... It's a third world country. Fucked up, yeah. I've, I've like, anyone who wants to live there, good luck to you. I could never. Hell, yeah. I could never. <laughs> Are you live, love, laughing right now or the conditions no. still, still God, peak? God, no. <laughs> it's so peak. So peak. I feel like the pandemic was, like, the peakest thing ever. 2022, I was like, right, cool, this is my year. January 1st, I got COVID. I was like, no. fine. <laughs> January 1st? January How? 1st, I got COVID. I don't know. I, I went on a date. I went on a date on the on like just just after Christmas, and it was like I hadn't been out all over Christmas. I'd just been in, at home, so I knew I hadn't been out. But I went on a date on the twenty seventh of December in Soho, and I think that's when it got me. Really, I'd never had it. I hadn't had it for the whole pandemic. So then I said so January first, bang. I was like, okay, cool. This is how we're starting the year. Then you know, it's just been hard. It's been like you know, COVID took a long time. I, I'm not vaccinated, so I had it for about. I was testing positive for two weeks. So to try and get into the swing of like new year, new me wasn't really happening when I'm like, can't even breathe. And then, I mean, I'm just kind of, yeah, like I said, I've been doing ImageGang for five years now and I'm I'm at a point where I, I don't really know how much I have left for ImageGang. I think this is another thing as well about kind of being this whole self-made thing. It's the toxicity of not being able to step away from that because mm. it's like, there's a certain expectation that this is you now. You know, I'm. People see me, they see Image Gang, and they, we're linked. And it's like, well, actually, I don't. I might not want to do this for much longer. Yeah. And I need to be in. I need to be able to walk away from that and know that I have the space to do that in my own head. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. I've kind of been toying with this idea of how can Image Gang survive without me? Because that's the thing as well. When you have a business and you're like a small business owner you are the brand and it's like, you can't take your eye off the ball for one second because the brand can't live without you. So I'm kind of trying at the moment to get to a place where I can, I don't want it, I don't want, you know, I don't want to close Image Gang. I want Image Gang to 
have many more years but me as image gang i I think we're 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 nearing the end are you glad you didn't put your name in the title of the like company name no not that because it could just still it could i could call it that whatever like that's not that it's just it's um it doesn't yeah the name is not so much that because you can change the name as well you can change yeah i've gone through that i've I've, like as much times i've been to my friends like oh like what do you think of like think i'm gonna change it i'm like oh, you're not gonna change it you're just bored like just just really, i used to work for um karen mellon mm-hmm. and i always because obviously she sold the company like time ago yeah and i was like how does she feel that like people people won't know that most people won't know yeah, that it's like joe malone yeah yeah it's joe like, malone that's how they have her name now but you know that's but that's you know that's selling it isn't it but you know maybe i'll sell it maybe it can maybe i'll hire someone that operate that runs it in a different way but i definitely see myself going in a different direction very very soon definitely still jewelry um but just kind of more taking everything that i've learned over the last five years and applying it to something new because you know if if this was a normal job a nine to five and i've achieved and i'd achieved all the things that i've achieved in image gang i would leave i've achieved everything i'd want to do yeah exactly yeah in four years i got it from my living room to selfridges and it's like what there's nothing more i never did this to you know sell it for a million pounds I did it because I wanted to and I wanted to see how far it would go and I, and I feel like I've got it to as far as I've ever further than I ever dreamed it to go and it's like for me to stay in it now there's nothing I need I need something new and I need a new challenge and I think that is something that again that people don't speak about is what's your exit strategy here because yeah. it's going to get to a point where you want to leave and what happens is you kind of encase yourself into this brand and like create this life for yourself that you actually it's very difficult to get out of when you want to and I think that's always very important and for anyone going into business. How how long do you see yourself in it? And when you do see yourself coming out of it, how are you going to get out? What's the next step? That's always something to have in the back of your mind because it will get to a point when you're mentally, you're done, but you haven't thought about what the next step is and then you're stuck in something stuck. that you don't want to be doing anymore. Also, five years is a long time. It is a long time. I mean, it's gone like it's flown by, but it's actually, yeah, like I was 27 when I started, I'm 32 now. You think everything that's happened in that time? Yeah, pandemic, whole pandemic. A whole, pan- a whole panini. Also, I feel like when you're young, because you're like always in a new at school, like it's always changing, and then you start working and you do the same job for like years. You're not the same person as you were five years ago. You've no, of course not. And I think you've fulfilled what you needed to do. Yeah, and when I started Image Gang, like I was in a very different place in my life. Like my my grandma had just died. I had no, she was the last family that I had and I was, it was out of desperation and it was really, it was, I was in such deep mourning and sadness for the loss of my grandma that it was that pain that was inside of me that, that what propelled Image Gang. Mm-hmm. And I'm not hurt in the same way that I was five years ago. You know, I've, I've grown from that and my journey through grief has progressed. So to find that motivation and that, that, that drive inside of me, it's not there anymore. Because I'm not as desperate. I'm not. Yeah. As, I'm not as scared as I was. And you're sh- you've like sh- you've become stronger. In yeah, a way. I've, I'm stronger. I'm in a better. I've bought, I've I've pulled myself out of that. But then to find that 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 deep motivation that comes with getting a brand off the ground and to sustain it, it's just not there anymore inside me because I'm not in that place in my life anymore. Yeah. So that's been something. Again, it's like I don't. I never want to be in that place mentally again that I was when I started Image Gang. But that was a huge part of why I was able to get it off the ground. So. It's kind of like a double-edged sword, really. Yes, yeah, like sometimes you need to be like in the gut, like back the against lowest, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be able to achieve the most, pull it out of you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Does it, in a way, does the image gang like represent? Does it remind you of that bad place, or do you just think like this has been a journey and that was part of it, and now I'm here? 
yeah i think that's yeah i think that is part of it you know image gang will always be the early days of image gang i would you know i was still working a nine to five i was kind of sending the image gang out from my desk at work and then i would have to go to the hospital to see my grandma every single day i then gave up my job to look after my grandma so i was caring for her full time and i had all of her, my all of image gang in her living room i remember the day of her funeral the family couldn't get into the house because there was just jewelry everywhere yeah. and they were like pissed off at me but but that was what it was and it was like and I'll, I'll never forget that and I'll never forget you know the day after she died she uh, my mum had passed away when I was a kid my dad has always lived away I've not got no brothers or sisters so my grandma and my granddad were my only family my granddad died when I was 23 so the day I woke up after my grandma died I didn't you know I didn't know who I was I, I wasn't any I wasn't anyone's granddaughter anymore I wasn't yeah. anyone's daughter I was I had no identity but I was the owner of Image Gang and Image Gang gave me a reason to get out of bed every morning when yeah. I had no other reason. Yeah. And I'll, you know, for that, I will forever be grateful. And for everyone who's ever, people don't, I don't think people realize that like it's jewelry in it. That's what they see. They, yeah. think, they think they're buying an earring, but actually you gave me a reason to live when I had none. And I will always remember that and look back on that and be so grateful to everyone that supported Image Gang. But you know, like I said, I'm not there anymore. And it's like, I, I'm at a place where I've got more to give, but maybe just in a different direction. Yeah, yeah like it's like you're, it's a different chapter now of your Definitely, life. Definitely, yeah, already. yeah. Like I'm 32, like I'm going to be 40 in fucking five minutes. And it's like, <laughs> I need to- You don't look 40 or 30, <laughs> so. But do you know what I mean? Like life goes fast, man. And it's like to think how fast those those five years have gone now to think in another five years and I'm going to be 37. Like where, where do I want to be in? I need to start thinking of myself again rather than the brand, just the brand. Yeah. And like what I want for myself. Yeah. And it must be hard to get lost in that when you care something like is literally you. Yeah. It's your you business. You get so lost in it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you, you care so much. If people hate the business, they hate you or like, yeah. They hate the oh product my God. Yeah. Like, you have to, as soon as I stopped doing customer service emails, that made life a lot easier because you'd be fighting people. Like, people I've been are, literally beefing people. people like, also, the, the like concept that the customer's always right is fucked no, up. No, they act crazy. They act because if, if I saw you on sh road, you you're not talking to me like that. So behind a, a keyboard, you think you're you're the big man. Take your necklace <laughs> and shove up your ass. <laughs> Thank you for sharing about your grandparents as well because I was like super close to my grandma and she died at the beginning of the pandemic. Thank God because it would have been horrible. Awful. Yeah, she, I always think that if they were still in, here like, in the old person's home. Yeah. So I don't think they even explained to them what, what was happening. But like, I think she just like got the vibes and was like, "I'm out. I'm checking out. I don't need this anymore." And I got to see her before she died, like no, right at the nice. beginning. I don't know. My my grandma was like my dad, so she was like my anchor and. I'm so grateful. And she'd always say to me, grandparents love their grandchildren more than their real children. And I believed her. Definitely. And my mum would be like, fuck you. No, they had definitely. A, they had a really bad relationship. But I was like, no, I, I, I feel I the think love. They can, they can make right all the wrongs that they made. Because yeah. they don't know. No one knows what they're doing when they have kids. No. You think about it, they ain't got a clue. Like, bye. Yeah. They wouldn't. And it's like with grandchildren, it's like a second chance to them, isn't it? Because you see, I feel like you see, my, I saw my mum being like really strict. And then my grandma was like the cool, like good cop, bad cop vibes. Mm. Yeah. And it's, you learn a lot from them. I think as women, it's like what I, what we, I, what we, what I say, how we identify and what we see as womanhood and those kind of key markers that we see in ourselves as what defines a woman. Yeah. Are so different from what it was for them. You know, like my grandma, my grandma worked and stuff, but you know, she had three kids at 26 and was married at 23 and like she was just as much as a woman as I am but you know the definition of a woman has changed massively so but much. doesn't make you any less or more of a woman just because you want to whether you want to stay at home with your kids or whether you want to go out and work and not have kids like we're all women and I think 
slightly I have an issue with things like on days like today with International Women's Day, where is the representation for the women who aren't choosing to do Girl Boss? Exactly. It's been very much hijacked by that again. And I think we don't, we we kind of forget sometimes the women who are doing more traditional women's stuff, caring, nursing, being mums, like, I could never do that. I could Being do a mum is fucking tiring. I I'm not that I am a mum, but I'm like imagining it. And I can like. I'd be awful. And how do you <laughs> ever have time for yourself? Like, yeah, exactly. You're superheroes. Being, like you're fully yeah. superheroes. And but for some reason, again, it's the women that seem to be operating more in the masculine world that are celebrated on days like today. Yeah. And actually, that's you should celebrate the mums. We need to celebrate the mums because the low key the patriarchy is taking over International Women's Day. Me, like I just want to be a stay at home mum. Like I just want to be stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to go outside ever. I don't want them to be, I don't even do the mum bit, I just stay at home. But also, I just think like, it's not, all those things that women or like housewives do, mums do, is like, it's because it's it's just done. It's ne men yeah, are never going to recognise it. My grandma was sick. Like, My grandma was House like, was spotless every day. She worked, house was spotless all the time. Cooking, cleaning, loving, like never getting annoyed, just always happy, loving. Like, you're just amazing. Like, I'm fuming and a mess all the time. Like, <laughs> I'd be shit. I want to go home and just like watch TikTok for hours. Yeah, I haven't done the washing up. It's been in the sink yeah. for three days. Like I'm a terrible woman. But yeah, yeah. Like your grandparents, as soon as you need them, they're there. Or like, yeah, yeah. it's Pick a beautiful thing. Um, Were you um always surrounded by women? Yep. So up? my grandma was one of three. My mum was one of three. But then I think I was one. So my, I was an only child, but I had two cousins who were boys. So I was like the first one, the first girl to be brought up around boys. Um, so all the women in the family were older, but I was kind of like roughing it out with the boys growing up, um, which is good. Like, you know, again, it's like, you'd always play that. I play that to my advantage being the only girl. How can I like get away with more than they can? How can I get the last donut? Cause I'm the only girl like, and use that like, and like play like the, the little frail girl sometimes yeah. and to get your own way. Like I'd always do that. Also that probably like, um, prepared you for being in, in a male dominant space. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I knew how to play men from exactly. day. Because again, I had my granddad as well. I had him wrapped around my little finger. I had my uncle wrapped around my little finger. Because I was the only, of that generation, I was the, the only, only girl. girl. So I knew how to play the game. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how you need to, that's basically <laughs> what you need to do. Because I was always surrounded by women. So like working in a male dominated industry, like I've had to like learn to respect men, which I never I never have. Mm, I mean, I my granddad was my dad in it because my, my dad wasn't around. So I always, I had, like, I had to respect my granddad. Yeah. Otherwise I get boxed in the face. But, <laughs> I, you know, you, but you, you respect them to a point of knowing where, yeah, where you can get away with well, and what yeah. you can do and like how to get a fiver out of them here and there and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> how to get, <laughs> yeah, whatever you wanted. I, yeah. That's really interesting. And to finish up on International Women's Day, what do you think is a beautiful thing about being a woman and what's like a really challenging thing that we need to recognize more? I think... A beautiful thing about being a woman is the shared experiences that we all have. And I just think it's like this unspoken thing when you meet another woman, it's just, you just get, you just get each other. And there's just things that a man would never understand, like biologically, mentally, like spiritually, we're all connected. And I, and I love working with women because just, you, yeah, there's just things that don't have to be said and it's just implied with everything that we do. I think that we're sick. Fucking sick. We're also so strong. We're so strong. So peng. So peng. <laughs> Just geniuses. <laughs> we can be like a strong and beautiful and funny. Yeah, the multi like, the multifacetedness of that's a, a word of 
multifacetism, I don't know what the word is, fascism, <laughs> <laughs> of being a woman. That is the, actually, yeah, that is it. The multifacetedness of being a woman is I think the most beautiful thing that we can just be anything that we want to be. And like, you know, we're lucky that we live in a world, in, in a society that we can, because there are parts of the world that that's still not allowed. So no, we're lucky yeah. that we, uh, as women in this country, we are able to operate in that way. And I think the hardest thing, the hardest thing about being a woman, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. You know, whatever's it. hard, I, I'll take that. I'll take that any day over being a man. I know what you mean. Yeah, like <laughs> I'll like bitch and moan to the end, but I'd always want to be a woman. Always. 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 Even a woman of color. Woman of color, always as well. Elite. even though you like see how society is made for men there was um i can't i was listening to a podcast the stephen bartlett podcast and they were saying to people you know people that have had really terrible things happen in their life would you change it and 98 percent of people said no and it's like you know every everything that's bad about being a woman is what made you the woman that you are so It's just is what it is. Yeah, I always think like, how would my life be if like that trauma wasn't there? Yeah, like, the flip the switch and like everything went normally, and I had a nuclear family. And boring. Boring. I'd be so boring. I'd be boring as fuck. Yeah. 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 Fuck that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been so nice chatting to you. Thanks. Thank you. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>